what the Lord has been doing with us and our role in the National School Project. So quick recap for those who don't know, um, the National School Project um, is a ministry we've both been involved in for years. Um, Shannon and I actually met in the ministry about, I don't know, five years ago um, as volunteers while we were Biola students, and we've, we've loved serving with them ever since. Um, but what we get to do is coach high school students like Joey um, and other students across the country to share their faith on campus and to share the gospel on campus with their peers during the school day. Um, so that's what we get to encourage kids to do, challenge and equip them to do um, through our resources. Um, so some updates um, from this year, personal updates. We got married. <laughs> that happened. And we moved into our home together. We have a little apartment down in Southern California that we live in, and we love it. Um, we're really blessed by that space. And then we got a puppy. Um, that was a few months ago. Um, that was kind of Shannon's birthday present. Um, so that was fun. Some other updates. Some ministry updates. Um, actually, you had a couple other personal updates, right? No? Okay. All right. You sure? Her name is Bree. The dog's name is Bree. She's a miniature golden doodle. Um, she's adorable. Like the cheese, exactly. It's not Brianna. Like some people I like Brianna. No. She's Brie like as in Brie cheese. Yeah, I, I did change my mind. Um, when Devin and I were dating, we talked about like, oh, maybe one day we'll have a dog together because I'm like a huge dog lover. And we decided while we were dating, we're like, if we ever get a dog, whatever dogs we get, we're going to name them after cheeses. So when, because I love cheese, I'm, I was born in Wisconsin. Um, and so, yeah, when we saw her, we're like, okay, what cheese name fits her best? And we decided Brie. So she's very cute. Yep, that's it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> the important stuff, you know. Um, well, I guess another update, we've been getting involved in our church down in Southern California a lot. Um, we didn't have a picture of it just because we forget to take pictures. But we've been serving with uh, the youth group down there. Um, we're both on leadership there, so we get to go on all the retreats and do all the fun stuff. And um, she's really enjoying leading the girls, I know. I'm, I'm enjoying um, getting to disciple some of the guys. Um, it, it's been fun getting involved there and just kind of a fresh batch of students coming in at the same time while we're coming in. So all these middle schoolers that we get to pour into, it, it's been a lot of fun to hang out with them. Um, so we're just around students, like, all the time. Um, but it's, it's, it's fun. We love our jobs. We love our, our church down there. Um, so you could be praying for those things, and that'd be awesome. Um, you want to share about that? I also started a blog, so that's fun. Um, just being able to share, like, thoughts that I have, um, suggestions that I have, like, even for, like, shopping for the Christmas season. That's been fun. So that's, that's something that I've really been encouraged by recently is, like, the Lord giving me an outlet to use creativity. So that's been cool, too. Give her a follow <laughs> on her Instagram. Um, so some ministry highlights. Um, just want to keep everyone updated and in the loop. Um, I, I shared this, I think, this summer. But um, earlier this summer, we about a year ago, actually, we ended up recruiting a staff member in the Bay Area. That's where I've been serving for several, several years now from distance, um, trying to get churches there involved, trying to get um, some people to coach high schools, trying to get high schools enrolled in our program. Um, and finally, we have a staff there. So I was able to hand off that project of expanding our ministry into the Bay Area to him. And so new opportunities opened up. And 
that has been in Phoenix, Tucson, and Sacramento. So it's been a busy semester so far. I'm traveling at least once or twice a month um, to one of these places. Sometimes I just stop in for a day and then leave. <laughs> um, get to meet with lots of pastors. It's been really cool seeing what God has done. Um, so one of the stories in Phoenix, it's, I mean, one exciting part of that is um, one of our target cities as the ministry has been Sacramento and Phoenix. And so as my time with the Bay Area was coming to a close, it, it was really a blessing to be able to be given that as my next projects um, to focus on and that we get to focus on together. So we get to travel to these areas and we have family in both of them. So it's, it's been a blessing. So whenever I go to Phoenix, I get to stay with Cam and Val and play with their dogs and stuff. Um, so uh, in Phoenix, some cool stories. Um, there's been an awesome church that we got connected to, um, actually kind of out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> this summer we planned a trip out there, and we had no meeting set up. And I'm like, what, what are you going to do, God? What doors are you going to open? Because um, I don't feel like you're doing anything. I don't have anything set up. And lo and behold, we show up, and I, we, we get one meeting through a connection, and that went good. And then I was like, okay, we're here all weekend. What else can we do? Um, I email some random pastors I found on the internet. <laughs> like, like, I was just trying whatever. Yeah, not a lot of uh, churches had their youth groups listed online, so I didn't know who to email or who, who to reach out to. So this little tiny church probably about 35 to 50 people. Um, it reminded me of the salt mine, <laughs> yeah. Um, we got to visit there, but they, they responded to me. I reached out to them, and they were so excited. The pastor, his name's Carlos. You could see him there. He's one of the bigger guys in the picture on the bottom. <coughs> he was so excited about NSP. It turns out he's from La Habra, which is where we live. Um, it turns out he, it, I mean, they're in the same church network that we are our church is the calvary chapel um and he said dude we've been praying for years of how do we get into the local schools and i kept hearing god just say wait i'm gonna send you somebody and you emailed me at just the right time we're like god when are you sending somebody and then you showed up so i guess we're gonna just we're on, we're on board we'll do whatever so they've been a huge blessing a huge help they got us uh, a connection to one of the schools. He's the kid in the middle. His name's Sebastian. They call him Seabass. Um, <laughs> awesome kid, on fire for the Lord. Um, he's starting up a Christian club at Highland High School in the Phoenix area. Um, they invited us to even speak at their um, church youth retreat on top right. It kind of cut off some of the photo, but we got to speak at their retreat and encourage students and invite them into the movement. So it's been really cool stuff God's been doing in Phoenix and Tucson and Sacramento. Um, and you can see there even just some of the schools we have um, that we're working with so far. The yellow ones are the ones we're working with. Next slide. Yeah, and then Sacramento, obviously, it's here. <laughs> um, we got to have Stephen and Joey come down to our training um, this fall. Um, I think Joey had a good time. We took him to Disneyland. A lot of you know that. Um, it was his first time at Disneyland. Um, so we had a good time with him, um, just treating him and taking him out. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens in Sacramento this coming semester as well. Um, Steve and I and some of the pastors in town have been planning an event that we're inviting all students who are interested in being a missionary to. Um, so on January 10th, um, you could be praying for that. Um, it'll be yeah, just a couple weeks away. Uh, next slide. Next slide. 
Yeah, so my position with National School Project is I get to work with a lot of students at Biola University, which is the university that Devin and I both, gra both graduated from, and that's how we met. Um, so it's really cool that I get to help train up these college students to work in the local schools because that just kind of maximizes the impact that I can have because I can't be at 22 schools in the Biola University area, um, but this, the college students that I get to help train up, they can you know, because there's a lot of them. So that's really cool. Um, the Biola team collectively went on 47 witnessing outings this semester alone, which is absolutely insane because last year, I think our total for the whole year was like close to 60. So we're really making some amazing headway. The um, girl that I get to oversee that actually is a friend of Kenzie's too, um, she is kind of leading the charge on this new witnessing initiative, evangelism going out and sharing the gospel. So I'm really proud of her, really blessed to be able to work with her. Um, and the Lord's obviously blessing what she's doing. So um, sharing the gospel with over 300 people in those 47 outings, which is just like mind blowing to me. Yeah, 300 high school students. Yeah, and I think there's there's probably a few um, adults mixed in there because sometimes students go on a Saturday and it doesn't make sense to go witnessing at a school on a Saturday, so they'll go to the beach or something. Um, but that's really, really exciting and encouraging. Um, also, I get to personally work with La Habra High School. Um, I've, I've been connected with them for four years or so, so I've really gotten to see the ins and outs of the school. I've been there longer than the advisor has because they've had some advisor turnover. Um, and this year, actually, the advisor of the Christian Club graduated from Biola the same year I did. We didn't know each other, um, but it's created this really neat camaraderie and um, being able to work together. And, you know, we're texting about, oh, what's the club doing today? Um, oh, this thing happened. Or, oh, we praying for this student. So that's a huge blessing to me. But the picture um, of me with a student, her name is Michaela. She has been, this is her second year leading the club, and I wanted to read a quote because she, one of the trainings we did at the beginning of the semester was training the students how to share their testimonies with anybody. Um, and one of the things that I really wanted to encourage her to do was at the end of her story, share something encouraging. Like, okay, so I just heard your story, so what? Um, to really just help people understand that this, her sharing her story isn't just about a story. It's about something that can affect their lives too. So I wanted to read this quote um, that she shared at the end of her testimony, talking about Jesus. She says, he's an escape from our hardships and troubles because he takes your burdens upon his own shoulders. That's why he died for us, and that's why he came to rid us of our burdens. We still have to deal with them because this is earth, and we are of this world, and the devil is of this world. So we've got that on us. But I would just like to say that we should be the light for other people that may not see this right now. Or even if you don't see it, I would like to be a light to you. And we should emit Jesus as much as possible so we can shine Jesus to other people. She's a junior in high school, and she's sharing this with her peers. I was just so encouraged. I'm like, the first time I met her, she was a little bit shy. Um, and it was just so encouraging. So that's what I get to be a part of. Um, and I'm just so encouraged and blessed by it, and I hope you are too. Slide. Uh, yeah, another exciting thing a lot of you um, have maybe heard about from the ministry through emails or letters that they send out is the Met for More movement. So this is a really exciting thing that we've been able to be a part of. The whole ministry um, that we're with has launched this year. Um, so the Met for More movement, next slide, is basically um, one million students that we're praying to reach 
um, in 12 major cities um, at 450 schools in 1,000 days. So that started this August. So we're like 150 days in or so, um, which is crazy. <laughs> it's going by already pretty fast. Um, so it's a three-year campaign that we're kind of launching here. And it's just exciting to be a part of that. And we are involved in four of those major cities. So um, be praying, because that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Um, we're praying big. We're praying for staff to rise up in these areas um, so that we're not doing it alone, because we can't. Um, we're praying for God to just start movement in those areas, here in Sacramento, out in Phoenix, out in Tucson, um, down in the Los Angeles area, um, and then other cities in the country. Um, so that's been really exciting. <laughs> so I think um, it'll be cool to be coming back and sharing updates and um, just keeping everyone here in the loop on the progress of that, um, but just be praying. Uh, so that this is kind of our back, okay. Um, between Shannon and I, these are the areas that we're a part of right now. Um, so the scope is big, but we're praying big. <laughs> God is big. Um, so be, be praying. Um, yeah. Next slide. Personal prayer requests that we have. Um, do you want to share? So obviously some personal prayer requests that we have. Um, our fundraising needs. Things change financially when you get married. <laughs> and we're no longer paying for a room where we share a house with a bunch of people. Um, we're paying for an apartment together and, you know, we're going on trips together and we, you know, we want to come see family and all these different things. So um, we are needing to raise a little bit more support. And even with, um, with getting married, we just kind of weren't able to spend the amount of time that we wanted to on our fundraising. So things like slipped down a little bit and we're working our way back up. Um, but we've got a cool opportunity to share with you about um, how you can make a really big impact in our fundraising. So we'll share that in just a second. Um, but also just be praying for our first year of marriage. I, a lot of people talk about the first year of marriage is the hardest year. I don't think we've experienced that yet, but we're almost six months in. So, you know, there's six months to go. Um, but, you know, we've really we've really been enjoying being married. And it's, it's you know, living with, I mean, living with my best friend. It's great. Um, but... You know, the Lord is obviously going to, or the Lord is obviously going to protect us, but the enemy is also going to try and get at us, and we've experienced that in a lot of different ways. Um, so just be praying for us, for be, be praying for our communication um, and everything. So just be praying for us, um, and to keep our focus on Jesus. Life is busy. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that, but life is busy, and it's hard sometimes to keep our focus on Jesus in the hustle and bustle of everything. Um, and, you know, we are adjusting to a lot right now, so just be praying that we can keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Do you want to share about ministry requests? Yeah, the Met for More Movement we were just talking about, um, be praying for that. Um, this upcoming uh, Campus Ministry Lincoln Summit um, that we're inviting lots of students to, I think I brought a stack of like 500 flyers for Stephen to hand out to other churches, so <laughs> we're praying that some, some students show up who want to make an impact at their school because um, we want to help them do that. Um, and then uh, in March, we both are part of a lot of mission trips happening. Um, part of the Met for More movement is we're encouraging all students who sign up to be a part of it to put on outreach in March. So we're leading mission trips to their areas. So um, that's going to be a big, a busy month. Uh, so be praying for that. I think God's going to do some amazing things in March. Um, next slide. 
Yeah, so the fundraising Shannon was just talking about. This is a really cool opportunity um, that the ministry has is, is helping us with. Um, they have set aside for some long-term staff, we've been here for a few years, um, some funds to be able to help with a matching system. Um, so um, a lot of you are familiar with the way that, that those things work. Um, they set aside $7,500 to help us out. So that's 750 in monthly support for 10 months. Um, so anything that is new gifts will be matched um, for 10 months or dollar to dollar if it's a one-time gift. Um, and there is $250 remaining in that for the year. So that has to be done by um, December 31st. So um, if, if that's something that you feel led to join in on, um, I just want to encourage you that now is a good time. If you ever thought about it, now is a great opportunity to double your impact. Um, without putting any pressure on that, I, I don't want that to seem something that um, you feel obligated to do. Um, the Bible even talks about that. Don't give out an obligation, um, but get it from the joy of your heart. And so we want to encourage you to just seek the Lord and whatever that might look like. Um, if you put the next slide, it'll give instructions. Um, it's very simple. Um, our online system is very easy to give. Um, you could take a picture of that or just uh, email me or text me or reach out to somebody here. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's it on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, let me pray for you guys, and we'll pray for them together. And thank you, Lord, for Devin and Shannon and their obedience to you. In Jesus' name, we ask a blessing on them. We ask that you anoint their lips, that you would guide their steps into these schools, penetrate the hearts of these young people who need you, Jesus, who need you, Jesus. As I was sitting here listening, I was thinking how much I would have loved as a high school student to have support from, from elders, from college kids, from uh, staff. That would have been uh, such a blessing to me. But Lord, so we're asking that you bless them, that you go before them, that you provide all that's needed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I appreciate that very, very much. Yes. Um, and just so you know, Devin and Shannon will be in town for the rest of this week. I know we have holidays and stuff and Christmas is here, but... I think he would take a moment if you wanted to get with him, chat with him. He'd be love to chat with you. So I'm going to get into our message today. This is um, talking about Christmas. We got three days left until Christmas. Talking about Jesus. I have said this and I keep saying it. I believe it's because it's 100% true. Jesus is the reason for every season. Not just this season, but for every season. I still feel obligated at some point. I'm going to see if I can put this into practice, how I am going to put Jesus in the reason for every single holiday that we have. Jesus is the reason for Valentine's Day. If Jesus wasn't a part of my life, I know I wouldn't have a wife to love and to love me. Amen? Anybody else agree with that? Well, okay, me. I do. Yep. <laughs> I know that she would not stick around with me if I didn't have Jesus. How about that? That sound a little more accurate or honest? <laughs> Jesus is the reason for us to be thankful all year long, not just one day a year. Moms and dads are to be honored every single day of the year, according to the Bible that I read. Honor your mother and father, not just one day a year, but every day of the year, all the time. Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus is the reason for every season. 
You guys with me? Are you guys with me? Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas is what I heard that you say back in the day. We went to the Dickens Fair yesterday, and nobody says Merry Christmas there. They all say Happy Christmas. So I'm going to try to infuse that into my conversation. Happy Christmas. I like Happy Christmas. It sounds a little bit better, doesn't it? Happy Christmas. I don't know why I like it better. But I got a, the title of this week's message, and this is a little bit odd with me having not both hands, so please forgive me if I switch hands. That's okay. No, you're, it's not. <laughs> I can adapt. Our identity is wrapped up in Jesus. Did you realize that? Hey, did we realize this? Because I think that sometimes we can easily forget it, and we try to make our identity into something that is how I feel about what I'm feeling about this moment. Like this morning, this morning I was... I was I, I ran to Starbucks for my wife this morning at seven thirty and it had started raining and then there was this moment, probably about ten, fifteen minutes, where the sun was out and it was raining and there was clouds behind it. And as I was pulling out back at a, right right by our house, in fact it was right over Mike and Suzanne's house. I don't know if you realize that or Mike and Suzanne, but there was a full, colorful, bright as can be rainbow, and it was so gorgeous. It was glorious. It was right over your house. Did you see it? Yeah. No, it was over your house. I saw it. I was like, that's right over Mike and Suzanne's house, right? Excellent. And I was so awestruck with its beauty and its glory. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I still was reminded that a rainbow is still a rainbow that is given to us by the promises of God that he will not flood the earth again. And it's, a, it's that thing that he, he allows us. It's a visual. It's a sign that he gives us to mankind, to all of us, that he is for us and he is not left us and he will not forsake us and he is on our side and i love that and that's what a rainbow means hallelujah come on anybody do you know what a rainbow means it means that it means that amen i know kids that's what a rainbow means that's what a rainbow means is that god's promises are for us Something that the Lord showed me in this is interesting, and I, I don't know why I haven't seen this more clearer than as of this moment. The closer that we get to knowing Jesus' true identity, the closer that we get to our true identity. Did you hear that? As we get right with Jesus, as, or I'll say it this way, as we get Jesus right, we get ourselves right. Did you realize, though, that the opposite is exactly the truth, truth too? That the farther we get away from Jesus' identity, the farther we get away from our true identity. So that means even that the, that, that the more we get Jesus wrong, the more I get me wrong. Hello? And that's true. So I'm going to get into, so discovering Jesus' identity, this is really awesome. Three gifts were given to Jesus as an infant. And remember, it wasn't Jesus as a baby. It was Jesus as a baby. He was visited by the shepherds, the angels. Then the, the wise men came approximately a year and a half, about 18 months. Where's, where's Everly? Is she in the room? Oh, she's in the nursery. Where's Amelia? Good grief. All the 18-month-ish or year-ish old kids are in the nursery. That's, I guess, is where they're supposed to be. But... Amelia and Everly were approximately the age that Jesus was when the wise men came to visit him, which is about between a year and two years old. So I think that's pretty awesome because what that tells me is something that's really neat is there's 
Jesus was, was uh, cognitive of what was happening as an infant. In other words, he saw what was happening. He knew what was happening, not as God, but as an infant. As an infant, he was aware of these wise men coming to visit him and giving him gifts, bowing down and worshiping him as an infant. That, to me, is so awesome. I love that. I love that picture in my mind. It's a, it's a more clear picture than the one we have of our manger scenes, which I hate to ruin them for you guys. I really do because I love them. You guys know that. But the magi, wise men, kings, they were not there as Jesus when he was in a manger. He was not in a little hay bed when the magi came. He was in a house. That's what the Bible tells us. They were in a house and they visited him. In Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to read this, and then, and then we'll, we'll discuss it even more, because I want to talk about the three gifts. And we've assumed that there's three wise men, but there's more. They're, they traveled in groups. They didn't, they didn't travel in threes. That wasn't a part of how they traveled. But there was many more. In fact, there was probably almost a small army that was with them, because they were actually traveling into a land that was a little bit... Um, there, there was a little bit of aggression that was against... Jerusalem against the Jews and these from the east. So they, they more than likely had soldiers with them. They more than likely had servants with them. So this was more than likely a big, large group of people, which, which, which makes sense because the whole entire land, all of Jerusalem, was kind of a little bit shocked that these wise men were coming to find this king of the Jews. So now this is in Matthew chapter 2. You guys with me? Chapter 2, starting in verse 1. So now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, I'm sorry, I went to print this out in my printer, or Blake's printer printed it a little bit goofy, so as I'm reading it, I'm like, Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of, Jeru- all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For this is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler." who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream, they that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. See, the three gifts are symbolic in, in identifying Jesus as an infant of three 
unchangeable characteristics of who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. Gold symbolizes his royalty, his kingship. Gold symbolizes his royalty as king. The frankincense is symbolic of his priesthood as the high priest. The myrrh is the, that which was given to him, which is symbolic of him being a suffering servant. So I want to talk about these three because, as I said earlier, get Jesus right and you get you right. How many of you want to get you right? Do you know what you just did? You confessed to being a little bit off. In other words, you need and I need to get a little bit more right. How many of you want to get right? Okay, now everybody's on board because now we understand and realize we need to get a little bit more right, correct? Amen. That's a no-brainer. Jesus is, and I love this, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. There's so many shows out there, movies and, and trilogies and sagas that have the ultimate supreme being at play, right? From Marvel movies to Star Wars and Star stuff and all the sci-fi stuff that's out there. The ultimate supreme being. Jesus is it. He is the ultimate supreme being. It was funny. Yesterday we were having fun with Mackenzie because she is a Star Wars guru or nerd, if you want to call it that. Mom and I were like, we were laughing and teasing. She's like, who's the ultimate supreme being in Star Wars? And she's like, Mom, there is no ultimate supreme being in Star Wars. That just does not exist. It's kind of funny. Anyway, you had to be there, I guess, for a moment. But but we came to this realization that Jesus is the ultimate supreme being. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 16. This is Paul expressing his prayers and his desire for the church in Ephesus. And I love this. It's a, it's a passage of scripture that, that we've written songs about. And that we love and we look to and say, this is exactly what our longing of our heart is. It says, Paul, this is his desire for for the church in Ephesus. It says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. We just sang that this morning. Open the eyes of my heart, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ? When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Did you hear that? Jesus is the USB, right? The ultimate supreme being. He's it. There's no one. There's nothing. There's no power. There's nothing that tops him. In fact, it's not even 
coming close. I, I, I love to say this, you know, Jesus isn't just the best choice. He's the only choice. Far above. Like not even, there's nothing that even comes close. There's no one that even comes close to who Jesus is as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that gift that the wise men gave Jesus was that, that proclamation, that prophetic, even, um, if you will, a, a statement that they were making that he is king of kings. Because those wise men, remember, if, I, if you guys remember last week, I was sharing a little bit about them. But they, 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 were, they were spiritualists at best. And, and them to come and bow down and worship Jesus as king was even them saying, even though we don't, we may not even honor or respect your gods, but we can, we can fully grasp that this child is a king of kings. In fact, it's, it's been kind of known, if, if you will, that, that, and I love this, because this is kind of a, a testimony that your testimony can make a difference, not just in this life and in your lifetime here, but for lifetimes to come. Because it's known that Daniel, when Daniel was in the land that he was taken into as captive, that Daniel was not ashamed of his God. Daniel stood every chance that he could, and he shared and he told and he talked about his God so much so that hundreds of years later this because that's this is where they, these wise men came from from the land that Daniel was taken captive to that that made an impact that Daniel's stories still to this day were told of the God of the Jews who was going to have a savior come and so they spoke of this. They talked about this. That was a part of their testimony. And isn't that awesome? Because as you share your testimony, as you share your life about Jesus, that's going to make an impact. Somewhere, you may not see it directly and right to this day, but you'll see it. You will see it. And that's absolutely true. You make an impact. We all have an impact in our lives, in people's lives, other people's lives, even people that you may not even know. And I, that, that's just, I don't know, that, that to me blows my mind. And that's why I love what, what Devin and Shannon are doing is, is just infiltrating the schools. And I'm going to tell you, our high schools, the American high school, they need Jesus. These students are confused, trying to find identity without Jesus. How can I even illustrate that? But that's like trying to find, that's, it's like trying to, it, 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 I'll come up with one. Because it's so, it's so insane to think that we can find anything other than who we really are outside of finding Jesus. But we're trying to do it left and right all over the place. So that when these students, when these kids are getting a grip and getting a grasp of who Jesus is and how much he loves them and how much he loves their peers and wants to share that truth with them, that's where it really matters. It really matters. Amen. Amen.
I'm going to go on to the next gift because it's really cool. This one, I think, is frankincense is the symbolic of our Jesus as our high priest, because frankincense was that that was the that was the herb that they or the incense that they burn as the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. And so that was a a a scent that went up and it's symbolic of of Jesus being our high priest and Jesus being our high priest as our advocate, our our mediator between God and man. That which when we come to Jesus, we're getting we're getting a, a direct road to to God, the father. And even that's with the, the frankincense are symbolic of the prayers of the saints going up because it was an aroma to God that it was reaching into the God's nostrils. And I love that, that you have a, a stench about you that when you live your life and when you communicate with God, it it smells to God. God actually notices you in your prayers it's as though this it have you ever smelt frankincense probably none of us have it's really pungent have you oh yeah oh yeah the essential oil thingy yes yes i'm not going to say anything about the essential oil thingy other than i know reagan's dealing with it now and that's that stuff is potent right a tiny drop goes a long way yeah Mm-hmm. I better move on because I was probably going to say something silly, and that's, I'd, have to, I'd have to recant it. Yeah. Jesus is our only option to get right with God. Jesus is our only option to get right with God. That's the Jesus that is right. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. He's our arbitrator. He's our negotiator. He's our mediator, our moderator. Our fixer, our go-between, our peacemaker. If you want to get to God, you must go through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, And there is, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other name. That's given to us. The name of Jesus is it. Amen. He is our high priest. Hallelujah. Jesus is our suffering servant. I love this. This is a, a portion where we, we got to look at the truth of who Jesus is also. Um, which when you... I asked you to raise your hand if you want to get more right with God. You raised your hand because what you're also doing there is you're identifying that you you have some issues and you need your issues to be taken care of. You can't take care of your issues on your own. You can give it a good go, but it will not work. Hello? And and as we as we come to this realization and reality that <laughs> that my sin needs to be dealt with. I I can't fix my sin. I can't even I can't even with every desire in me i mean i'm talking everything in me i cannot stop sinning on my own i don't know if you don't like that i um i really don't care if you don't like that because that's the truth i cannot you cannot stop sinning on your own um and that's it i mean I'm, i'm talking to the most disciplined people on the planet cannot be something that they want to be outside of surrendering to Christ. 
I'll tell you this very, very, very truth, and this is into, into the depth of who I am, and this is uh, just being really honest. Um, I grew up in, in a dysfunctional home. You guys, most of you, all of you guys know that. Most of you, if you don't, I, do, I did. Uh, and my stepdad was abusive. He was alcoholic. He was addictive. Um, there was a lot of things he, that he did to our family that were harmful, uh, hurtful, damaging, destructive, all of the above. I was, when I was a young child, I'm talking young, I saw things that I should not have seen. Saw things that really children or men should not have seen. Uh, Still to this day, Robin finds out about stuff that I've seen that I didn't realize that I saw that will come up and out of my mouth. And I'm like, oh, wow, where'd that come from? (laughs) Where are you going? Okay, never mind. (laughs) I know you could... Okay. <laughs> Don't leave me now, brother. Come on, I need you. Um, where was I going with this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, thank you, thank you. Uh, so, so, so here was something that I came to grips with as a young, actually as a young believer. I had given my life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. I was a Christian. I I had an experience with God. I tasted the goodness of God and His love for me. I knew that Jesus died on the cross for me, and I surrendered my life to Jesus and said yes to Him. And I was saved. I was born again. I was set free. And then something started happening. I wanted to be different. I wanted to be different than what I was. And I definitely wanted to be different than how my dad was. I definitely did not want to be like him. But here's what I had to come to grips with, and I need you to hear this, and I need you to hear this very loud and clear. My desire to not be like my dad was not strong enough for me to not be like my dad until I surrendered. Until I surrendered. Listen to this. This is the most powerful statement you might hear today. Until I surrendered to wanting to be just like Jesus. That was the only transforming power and still is the only transforming power in my life to make me any different is I have to desire, I have to surrender, not my will, but your will be done. That's when transformation takes place. That's the only power within me to be different. Hello? And that's the truth of what Jesus did Because see, what Jesus did is he took that. He said, I want to take that, that desire within you, and I'm going to empower you by my grace to live as God empowers you to live. My power within you, my grace within you is the only sufficiency to transform your life. Amen? And that's where we come to this place of Jesus being our suffering servant. Because see, without the cross of his first coming, there could be no reverse of the curse and his blessings could not flow to us. Let me restate that because that's a good one. That's a tweeter. Without the cross of his first coming, there could be no reverse of the curse and his blessings could not flow to us. Let me read Isaiah chapter 53, the entire chapter. 
It's a little lengthy. It's only 12 verses. Isaiah spoke of this in chapter 53. How you kids doing? Pinch your, pinch your mom or your grandma or your dad. Not you, Conrad. You're, oh, goofball. I just want to make sure your mom's still awake. Okay. How is your mom, by the way? Awesome. Praise the Lord. We love your mom. Yeah. Yep, she keeps you around. That's a good thing. Amen. Isaiah chapter 53. I'm going to start in verse 1. Who has believed what the, what, let me start over. <clears throat> Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew, for he grew up. This is referring to Jesus. Okay, listen to this. This is referring to Jesus as a suffering servant. For he grew up. Before him, like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground, he had no former majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth and by oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for this, his generation who considered that he was cut off and out of the land of the living, stricken, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence. And there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. Did you hear that? I need to just restate. That's a really good one. By his knowledge shall the righteous one... My servant make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many and divide the spoil among the strong because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Hallelujah. This is Jesus This is Jesus' true identity. Jesus is suffering servant. Jesus is the only way. He is your priest, my priest. In other words, he is that only connection that I have to get to God. 
It's through Jesus. So Jesus is still the reason for every season. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. There is no power that comes even close to who Jesus is as ruler and authority in all of creation. All of creation. Through all religions. Let me tell you, Christianity is not just the best one. It's the only one that is true. In other words, Christianity, who we say following Jesus is, it's that is the only truth that actually sticks. Amen. So I'm going to finish up. To truly know yourself. To truly know yourself. That's deep. How many of you know yourself? Truly. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Hmm. For any single one of us to really know who we really are, we must know Jesus. To say yes to Jesus and to seek to know Jesus. And that's a desire of my heart. Because, you know, you guys remember in Isaiah 53 that I just read. You remember what he said about us? Do you remember what he referred to us as? Just one little word. It was an animal. Sheep. Sheep. Isn't it interesting that Jesus refers to us as sheep? Do you take offense to that? Okay, well, you should. You should, because sheep are stupid. (laughs) Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep are untrainable. Sheep need to be shepherded, right? Have you ever seen a... A trained pet sheep show? Have you ever seen one? You have dog shows, cat shows even. Have you ever seen a sheep show? Have you ever seen a sheep sit? Have you? Mike? No. They don't do anything. They don't, in other words, they need a shepherd. That's what Jesus, that's what God refers to us as. Why is that? To offend you a little bit? To get you to realize that you need Jesus. What were you saying last? I didn't hear you. Yeah, yeah we need a shepherd. And I, I, I'm sorry if I, I, I really offend your, your intelligence by referring to you as God refers to you as a sheep that have all gone astray. And we need a shepherd. And Jesus is our king who loves us right where you're at, loves us right where you're at, so much so that he won't leave you right where you're at. That when you surrender to him, say yes to Jesus and seek to know him, he will shepherd you through life. He will shepherd you through this nasty stuff in this world. It's nasty out there. And I'm not talking about the weather. It's nasty. We need a king of kings. We need a royal priest who has been through anything and understands everything that you can go through. That is the other blessing of Jesus being our royal priest, our high priest. He knows every issue of your heart. 
He knows every temptation and every frailty and every fault and all the guilt and all the shame. He knows that because not because he ever sinned, but because he knows what it's like to be a hundred percent human. He knows what it's like to be a hundred percent human. And he's willing. More than willing, he's able. Capable of getting you and I through it. Because he's our only intercessor, our only moderator, the only name given to us that actually God the Father honors as a valid name to say when Jesus speaks of you and intercedes for you, God the Father listens. Man, that's good news. That's really good news. But here's this other thing. I'm going to just finish up again. I just said that a while ago again. Again. There's a Christmas song that we sing, Joy to the World, right? Joy to, okay, also. The Lord is come. You know that, that, I think it was Isaac Watts who wrote that. He penned that as a hymn. But he did not pen that as a hymn that was referring to Jesus' incarnation, the first coming of Jesus. Do you know what he penned that to? Anybody? I bet you Mike does. He pinned that to the second coming. That actually is in direct reference to Jesus' second coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I think it was, uh, um, oh, somebody, Handel? Yeah, Handel, is that how you pronounce it? He kind of transferred that to a Christmas folklore song, and so that's why we sing it as a Christmas song. Did you realize that? So when you're singing Joy to the World, you're, you're, you're actually singing this proclamation, Jesus, come. This is what it's going to be like when you come back. Hallelujah. And that's good news. We can, so we celebrate his incarnation. We celebrate his first coming so that we can look forward to his second coming. Amen? Amen. Happy Christmas to you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Jesus, for your love for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you care enough about us. You care so much about us. That even for me, any of us to put it in words is beyond our comprehension. So we just come to you and every single one of us and we're inspired, we're compelled by your Holy Spirit to just say yes to you, Jesus, to surrender to you, Jesus, for you, Jesus, to transform us, make us new, make us like you. And in Jesus name, bless us as we look forward to your return. (laughs) Hallelujah. We look back to your coming as a baby, as a king as a priest, as a suffering servant, but we look forward to your return as our bridegroom. Coming in his glory to take us back with you in Jesus' name. Come quickly, come quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.